Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 33 for November 29th, 2010. Thank you so much for joining us. Today on the program, we are going to be taking a look back at episode four of The Walking Dead titled Vatos. We're going to recap episode five, Wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah, that's right. And that's it. No, we're going to look forward to uh, <laughs> that's right. TS-19, aren't we? We're going to look forward to episode six, the finale, TS-19. TS-19. That's good. Good thing you're here. I would have forgotten all about that. That's true. All right. That's very true. So let's uh, let's get right into things and look back at episode number four. Jason, tell us how the ratings were. Ratings were great. So it was uh, 4.8 million viewers, which is down from 5.1 from the week before. And we had a 2.4 rating in the 18 to 49 age group. So down a little bit. According to the internet, that's about a 5% drop. Okay. Again... Five percent's nothing. No, that's, that's nothing. That's less than normal fluctuation for crying out loud. <laughs> that's true, probably. And and as we mentioned last week, these shows tend to just dip dip down as they go on. You it's know? probably got like a ten percent margin of error. <laughs> it's only a five percent drop. <laughs> yeah, it's within the margin of error, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. So it could have been, you know, the same number of. Well, people. That's what they say for uh, when they do polls. They say it's uh, accurate accurate within ninety percent, uh, nineteen times out of twenty which I don't know why they don't just add those two type of uh, probabilities up, but it works out to be about 95%. There's probably a reason. Who knows? But the point is it dropped hardly at all, yeah. and the ratings are holding better than any other show I've ever heard of, Yeah, which is fantastic news. So great to see that that is happening. Too bad we are going to have to wait so long for Season 2. It is. Uh, now, speaking of Season 2, last week we reported that the show wouldn't be coming back until October of 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, Halloween, of course, during Fear Fest, just like it premiered this year. This week, it came out that, well, AMC basically said, no, 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 nothing's official. We haven't decided yet when to bring The Walking Dead back. Oh, my God, that disinformation campaign again. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that it will be next October, but just for the record, AMC says, no, 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 you never know. It, it might come back sooner. I suppose it could come back later, too. I'm Yeah, I'm actually hoping for Halloween at this point. I think it's a good starting point for a, a zombie television show. It is. It's just a bummer that we have to wait so long. Well, yeah, no, August 1st would be a little bit weird to have a, a zombie television show in the middle of summer, even though this particular series takes place in the middle of summer. Having, I don't know, it'd just be weird if it showed up in the summertime. Well, what if it came back, yeah, in the middle of summer and ended around Halloween or ended sometime in November instead of yeah. instead of starting in the fall? That uh, I don't know that. I, I guess you can make an argument for that because the other weird thing is you start in the, at on Halloween and then you have zombies over Christmas. I would assume they'd take a break over Christmas, and since there's 13 episodes, we'd be running until February sometime. Yeah, March maybe even. I don't know a very zombie Christmas. You could fit one in there. Have a have a Christmas special. Just like they did with Star Wars? You could. I mean, I would sort of assume, yeah, the Star Wars Christmas <laughs> special. Everyone lo remembers that fondly. 
You know, I they could even go for, I assume at some point on the show, if it continues on, the survivors will reference the fact that it may or may not be approaching Christmas time. That's true. They could do that around Christmas. You never know. They could. That'd be good. And they would have a zombie Christmas. They would have a very zombie Christmas. You decorate <laughs> the zombies? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just throw some lights on them, let them stumble around. That's right. It's Put uh, a top hat on them and some, uh, you know, make them look like Frosty the Snowman <laughs> walking around outside. Why not? Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Have some fun. So anyways, that's the that's the deal. We don't have any idea when it's coming back. Most people seem to think next October, but AMC says otherwise. I think it'll be October. So do I. Let's go with that. They haven't decided, but they'll come to the same conclusion <laughs> that we did, I bet. Yeah, probably. Hey, this worked once. Let's do it again. Yeah, for sure. We've got a couple of emails from people regarding episode four. The first one comes from Carl in the UK, and he says, With regards to Vatos, what can I say? The master has arrived. I believe he's referring to Kirkman there as the writer. I would assume. As much as I've enjoyed the setup in episodes two and three, episode four was where it felt like the show hit its comic t- uh, comic stride. And he does not mean comedic. He means comic book right. stride. Yeah, it's a very important distinction. I thought episode two set out its action and gore stall. Episode three was where it became a fully-fledged TV show with characters to love and hate. But episode four was a Walking Dead comic fan's wet dream. He goes on to say, I watched the Camp Attack finale four times in a row and could easily have watched it a dozen more times. Pure genius, great gore, fantastic staging, no shaky cam. Every headshot and baseball bat strike crunched. Every flesh tear made me wince. This was the comic brought to life in a way I could have only dreamt about a year ago. Great to see the new characters getting uh, stuck in too. Morales, particular, was a beast. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I agree with him. I think I think it was it was it was everything about the, uh, that episode, especially the the very end there with the zombie attack, was just awesome to watch. I, I thought the zombie attack was great. There was the one baseball bat crunch <laughs> that I thought uh, there was a crunch, but yet there were you were a good three feet away from the zombie when he swung the baseball bat. But other than that, I thought it was great. Sure, a uh, lot of lot of lot of headshots, a lot of shooting going on. You know, lots of headshots, bodies falling all over the place. Everybody in the show is a expert marksman, so beyond expert. Yeah, that's right. We've, we've masterful. Est- we've established that. It just makes me realize that when this happens in real life, I'm screwed. Yeah, I'm- well, you you pull out a shotgun, you're expecting to get headshots. You'd be like blowing the limbs off of trees and stuff and wondering why somebody's chomping on your throat. <laughs> I, I've never <laughs> shot a gun in my life. I don't know what would happen if I tried to shoot a zombie with one. Well, a lot of them are really point and shooting, and if, if it's close enough, you should be okay. But headshots, do not aim for the head. Aim for the center of mass and then go around and uh, put a pick in their head. And then get the hell out of there. Yeah. Thank you, Carl, from the UK for writing in. The next email comes from Bill in Connecticut, I believe. CT is Connecticut, correct? What? Don't ask me. He says, hey guys, Bill from CT again. Another awesome show this week. I read that Kirkman himself wrote the last episode, and it was one of my favorites. True. I wasn't too sure at first with Merle cutting off, uh, cutting his hand off with the hacksaw, although them addressing not cutting the cuffs was a good attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that, and it's something we spoke about last week. Uh, but after a week of thinking, it could be that it was simply a way of putting the storyline in there without having to cut Rick's hand off. That would require an awful lot of CG for the rest of the show. Norman Reedus did an awesome job as Daryl. It was good to see them clear out some of the dead wood when the zombies attacked. Uh, and as, so- as soon as Amy went to the bathroom, I knew it was coming. That's about it for now. Great job every week, guys, and keep it up. Well, excellent. So 
I, you know, I don't think this is um, this is a, a character losing his hand instead of Rick for a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't show up at all. One, he doesn't seem to come back, yeah. and I don't think he, we're going to see him again. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, worried that we won't get to see Merle again this series. It, it, now that we've seen a, two episodes since then, has it been two? It has. Three, two? He, and he hasn't showed up. It's clear to me that this was a little bit of stunt casting, I think. think you so? know, You know, it, well, um, Michael Rooker is... Not a huge star by any means, but some people know him. Mm-hmm. They, especially in the horror genre, especially in the horror genre, after doing Slither and things like that. Yeah. Um, but he, so they brought him in to do one location. He was only in one location, if I'm not mistaken. He was yeah. One day of shooting, and then he was out of there, and in one episode. You think? Uh, you think he'll come back in uh, season two? I do think so. You if think he, that was part of his contract? <clears throat> come and do this one day of shooting, and if it takes off, we'll give you a boatload of money to come back in season two with no hand. Think of how much fun that'll be. Yeah, and you're right, and be a more regular character in season two. I could see them doing that. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, unless we see him in the finale next week, which I don't think we will, I think season two is probably likely. He might show up near the beginning of season two yeah. and, you know, stir up a lot of crap. He might just show up at the end of the uh, the finale next week. Could be. Just kind of, you know, wanders through a camera that they're looking through on the outside <laughs> of the CDC there. Oh, yeah. Could be. I, I don't hey, know. look, it's Merle. <laughs> yeah, and then Daryl will go crazy and want to run out and get him, but it won't be safe, and they'll have to restrain him, tie him to a chair or something like that. Got his hand off. Got his, yeah, who knows. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I think we'll come back. I believe Dave tweeted um, in the last few days that wouldn't it be crazy if Merle came back to the show way later on as the governor oh my god he, he took that he took that van drove off went you know couldn't remember how to get back to the camp or decided not to for whatever reason drove off found his own thing going on and becomes the leader of Another group of survivors. I am so on board with that. I can't even explain it. That would be cool. That would that would me put you know position him as you know enemy number one, villain, biggest villain in the show. Yeah. If, once they get to that point, right? Oh, <laughs> that's a great idea. All right, Dave. There you go. Dave has a plan. Check out the big brain on Dave. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, finally, Mike writes in and says, in episode four, it looked like Morales was bitten during the zombie attack on the camp. However, in episode five, which we're going to talk about in a minute, he was fine. When it looked like he got bitten, he was able to kill a few zombies with a baseball bat. I just found it kind of strange that he was bitten, that if he was bitten, it really had no effect on him. Now, I agree with Mike in that there is one character who seemed to look a lot like Morales, and he did get eaten by a zombie. Hmm. But I don't think it was him. I think it was another background character that just looked similar. Okay. Somebody that we didn't really get to know at all. I didn't and really notice this. If you watch episode four again, you'll see it. It's obviously right at the end during the attack. I think in episode five, we do see them dragging that guy's body off. Oh. Uh, or getting it ready to be buried or something like that. So right. I think it's just a guy who looks similar. That we. D- it was a background character, you know? Right. Um, so... It was a little confusing, I agree, but I think Morales was not bit, and he's fine. 
I also think this. <clears throat> he's fine. Either that or somehow he was and he's hiding it from everyone. But Which is a good excuse for him to not want to go with the rest of the group. It is. But you know what? If I remember now, the guy was bitten in the arm and I think on the neck. There's no way he'd be able to hide his injuries. So. Right. So not in those sh fashionable short sleeve shirts that Morales tends yeah. to wear. <laughs> so we'll go with a uh, different character. We're going to go with different character on that one. We'll see if we can figure out who that was, if that character even had a name. I don't know, but uh, we will see. Morales, to our knowledge, is alive and doing fine. With his family off somewhere else. Yep. Speaking of his family off somewhere else, how about we get into the recap of this week's episode titled Wildfire. opens with Rick in a field talking on the CB to Morgan. Well, not talking to Morgan. At but him. Yeah, talking at him, trying to just send a message out that hopefully Morgan can receive. Right. He's basically telling them where they are and that Atlanta isn't safe and that he shouldn't go to Atlanta, but he should try to make his way around <laughs> to the quarry where they are. Doesn't he, is it here that he says, uh, don't come here? We lost people. We had a zombie attack last night. Uh, well, later on in the episode, he sends another message to him saying, we're leaving. Oh, okay. But at, at, the, at the beginning, I think he's just saying, Atlanta's not safe. Don't go there. Yeah. Don't come here. Well, I think he first says, come here. Come here, but this be is where careful. We are. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to Atlanta. It's, uh, I don't know. I think he's sending mixed signals there. I think he says, the city belongs to the dead now, yeah. which was a good line. That is a good line. I liked it. Um, and you know what? The whole scene reminded me of something that happens later on in the comic book that I'm not going to get into right here, but it was very reminiscent of Rick doing something else. Wow, well, yes and no. It reminded me of it, you know, a little bit, a little bit. A little too one-sided conversation It was a bit of a one-sided conversation. Yeah. Um, so we cut, uh, we're back at the camp now, and the group is kind of cleaning up after the zombie attack. They're throwing bodies on fires and uh, just cleaning things up. Now, Andrea is still hunched over with Amy, still mourning her mourning her, her death, and she hasn't moved, hasn't moved all night. Nope. Um, at this point, I think it's probably pretty early in the morning. The sun is up, but it's still pretty early. So if the attack was late in the evening? 3 a.m. No, I don't think it was that late. Oh, right, because they were sitting around a fire. They were sitting around a campfire. It was probably between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. I'd put it in that range. Okay. So she's been there for seven, eight hours maybe. Yeah. Um, nothing has happened. Amy is still dead. She's lying there. Lori approaches Andrea, says, you know, you got you to gotta let us take her. We'll be as gentle as we can. Tries to console her a little bit, but Andrea just straight ignores her pretty much, and Lori yeah. leaves. Uh, Rick comes along, and he's like, okay, i got to go over there and tell her how it is. So he walks over, <laughs> and before he can get a word out, she points a gun at him and says, I know how the safety works. Okay, so when she points the gun at him, the gun made the uh, the classic television and movie, 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the sound of cocking the weapon. And she did that one-handed, which is not possible. <laughs> okay. Because she lifted it. Her other hand was touching Amy oh, or yeah. what happened. And she just moved the gun over. And the the sound of a gun moving from one position to another is pretty much silent. But it, did, it made the cocking sound. And sure. uh, she did. So she is now a <laughs> superb, <laughs> magical firearms user. She well, knows how to cock a weapon just by moving it from uh, sitting on her lap or whatnot. Sure, but you're overanalyzing. I am. It's, but it's, I, it's as you said, it is the movie and TV audio cue for the audience. That I know, gun... and that drives me nuts. <laughs> Every time somebody moves a rifle, it makes a cocking sound. Every time somebody moves a fire, uh, any firearm, it makes the cocking sound of uh, getting ready for to fire. It's like the movie and TV trope that when any time someone picks up a knife, no matter what surface it's on, it goes ching. Like that. You or hear tires them. squeal on dirt roads. Exactly. Yeah. Tires squeal when there's that, no reason for that them to. That stuff drives me <clears throat> bananas. I hate that. It's dumb, and it happens all the time, and you just are going to have to move on. Okay, so you could see the safety on the, uh, on, the, on the pistol when she aimed it at Rick, and I don't know if that position of the safety was actually in the safe position or in the fire position. I couldn't tell if I could see the red dot or not. Yeah, so if anybody knows whether or not that, uh, that weapon was actually... Uh, whether the safety was on or off, please let us know. Talk about detail. <laughs> um, so Rick is—he's—he's he's like, okay, forget it. He doesn't really say anything, and he just backs off and leaves her there. Well, I'll get a handgun <laughs> pointed at you. I'd back off. Well, absolutely. You're not gonna—you're not gonna say anything too uh, too controversial at that point. Um, so back with everybody else, they're talking about what to do, and Daryl. In classic Daryl style, just wants to take the shot. He just wants to shoot Amy in the head from where they are. I could shoot a turkey between the eyes from here. That's right. That was also a good line. Yes. And uh, Laurie says, "No, no, no. You just let her be. Give her, give her time. We don't know what's going to happen. Just let her, let her mourn, let her grieve." Yeah. Um. All right. So next, they're continuing to clean up and throw bodies on the fire. Daryl goes to pick up one of the non-zombies who were killed during the attack, yep. one of the previously living people. But Glenn freaks out and says, we only burn the geeks. Everybody else goes over there. We're going to bury them. Glenn shows more leadership. Like, he's taking charge again. He he was, but you know what? He seemed a little bit, uh, he seemed more just shook up at this point, I thought. Right. He's but like, there's, there's confidence there. There's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, do what I say. You know, we're only burning the geeks here. We're going to bury our dead. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. We're going to bury the dead. That character that they, I think they were about to throw in the fire, I believe is the one that we mis- were, uh, we mistook for Morales right. earlier on. So okay. I think that's who that was. Like I said, we'll see if we can figure out who he is. So Jackie and Jim are cleaning up bodies, and Jackie notices that Jim was bit during the attack. Mm. He's got blood, fresh blood on his shirt. Oh, Jimmy. <clears throat> Poor Jimmy says, don't tell anybody. But she immediately jumps up and says, he was bit. He was bit. Yeah. Uh, everybody gathers around, and they take a look at the wound, and they don't really know what to do because he's not dead, but he's bit, and they know what happens when you get bit. A tough call. Tough <coughs> situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what happens next? They're, they're standing around talking. Rick decides, or Rick suggests that they go to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, because that's where he figures if there is any sort of hope that anyone's still alive or any, you know, last ditches of civilization, it's going to be there. This is a disease, 
and that center for disease control is where they need to control these things. Yeah, I have a different, you know, I I think I agree with Shane on this one. Like you don't go to where uh, you know the disease is going to be. Like you're guaranteed to have diseased people at the CDC if there's a disease outbreak. Yes, but you're also supposed to have the cure there. It's supposed to be a a safe haven. For Not the if disease, the disease got it? out. If the disease was completely contained and everything was under control, then maybe I'd go there for support. But if there's a complete outbreak and there's a Center for Disease Control, you know, they pretty much screwed up already. Uh, that's true. Maybe they've screwed up already. Shane wants to go to a military base that's 100 miles in the other direction. Well, I don't know if I'd necessarily do that either. <laughs> yeah. Stay where you are? Is that what you'd do? No, I wouldn't stay where I am. I'd find myself a nice mall or something. Sure. I don't know. Military base is a pretty good call. Center for Disease it, Control, it could be where things are under control Military still. base is going to be full of zombies with guns. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they can use the guns. They have bayonets. That's good enough. Bayonets, maybe. Uh, well, so they're also talking about what to do about Jim, and, and Daryl's like, well, we just gotta, we just got to put him down. And he, he lunges over to pickaxe him, at which point Rick raises his weapon, points it at Daryl, and says, we don't kill the living. That gun also made a cocking noise when he pulled it up, but it is a revolver, and you can do that one-handed. You can pull the trigger back with your thumb as you point it. So the hammer. The, the hammer. hammer. Yeah. yeah. Not the trigger. Yeah, the hammer. Very good. Very good. Uh, so that uh, that made sense. All right. We don't kill the living. Yeah, good line. Lots of good lines in this Lots episode, actually. So Daryl backs down after saying that's an interesting thing to say from a man who just pointed a gun at another man. Yeah. And uh, Jim, uh, Rick moves Jim into the RV for, you know, just take it easy. Uh, safety. For safety, to take it Move easy. Move you to a safe place. Why not? So we're back with Andrea, still with Amy, and uh, Dale comes over to talk to her. And they have a nice sort of heart-to-heart conversation. Another moment between Andrea and Dale. Yeah, another moment. Definitely an intimate moment. Dale, it's really the first person Andrea's spoken to since this all went down. And they talk about Dale losing his wife to cancer and the fact that he hasn't cared about anything or anybody until he picked up Andrea and Amy in the RV. They're the first two people he's cared about at all right. since his wife died, not from a zombie apocalypse, but from cancer. Right. And so that, I think, makes Andrea feel a little bit better. And she, uh, Dale realizes that it was Amy's birthday and Andrea is going to give her the, the necklace. Right. Puts it around her neck. Touching moment. Um, meanwhile, Daryl is still cleaning up zombies or bodies, and Carol comes over to volunteer to pickaxe her late husband, Ed, in the head. <laughs> Ed's dead, <laughs> A baby. A few times. <laughs> That's right. I wrote down, she does it with vigor. She does. <laughs> she wants to be, she's thorough. She just wants to be sure. She, that- al- she also hates him. Oh yeah, pretty much. You know, he was pretty chewed up there too. He, they uh, that that zombie lady that got him really did a number on him. Well, that's what happens when you're stuck in a tent and more than one zombie comes at you. Because yeah. the first one was there, but then we saw three or four, I think, attack him. So wow, they really they really chewed him up. They chewed his face right off. It looked like, and uh, most of his uh, chest cavity too, by the looks of things. Ew. So Carol pickaxes him in the side of the head three or four times. I would three say. times. I think. Three times and. Yeah, so he, he's not coming One back. for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and then get out of there. <laughs> and four, go. Yeah. So back again with Andrea and Amy. At this point, Amy starts to wake up. 
She does. She started. She very audibly started breathing again. Uh-huh. So these zombies breathe. They do breathe. And you know, at first it seemed to me that there was she. There was a little bit of recognition uh, in Amy. Yeah, of because Andrea. she she looked like she was reaching up lovingly to touch her sister. Well, she like she opened her eyes slowly and she started moving her hands and arms very slowly. She seemed very weak at first. She yep. didn't like wake up in a rage, ready to eat people. She sort of slowly woke woke up and was weak and moving slowly. And you're right. She kind of reached up to touch Andrea a little bit. And, yeah. he, and even though her eyes were all kind of whited out, it seemed like there was at least a, a, a vague recollection there. Yeah, there was. Uh, it did seem like there was some recognition there. However, it didn't last long. No, because then she tried to kiss her. <clears throat> I mean, eat her. <laughs> yeah, you're... Uh, okay. <laughs> she did. She tried to... It looked like she was trying to kiss her. Well, she was making some light to zombie noises. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the hand reaching up was more of trying to grab Yeah. No, I understood the caress. situation. It just it kind of looked like... <laughs> that's what you were going for? That's what you were hoping for? No, that's not what I was hoping for. Just that's what it looked like Sister on sister, living zombie... No, it just looked like she was trying to, you know, it's it, it started with the recognition and then the loving touch and then they're going to kiss her and it's like, oh, no, she's trying to eat her. Nope, trying to eat her. Andrea takes uh, takes the gun, puts it to the side of her head, says, I love you, and pulls the trigger. Oh, yeah. Blows her brains right out. Andrea is also hard as nails. Hard as nails, definitely. She's one, uh, one tough cookie. <laughs> it was an awesome scene. I thought they handled it really, really well. Yeah. And it did give us a little bit of information about how the zombies work. We know they breathe. Yep. We know it takes some time for them to come back. Yep. I think it was probably at Eight least hours. Yeah, at least six, maybe as many as twelve hours before uh, before Andrea start uh, before Amy started to wake up. So interesting, interesting, uh, interesting information there. Mm-hmm. So. The group is now up on the hill burying all their dead. At least Shane and Rick are there. And Shane starts to question Rick about leaving to go back to the city. Right. He says, if you hadn't left, this might not have been so bad. But, of course, Rick counters with, if I had stayed, everyone might have been dead, might have been killed, because we didn't have the extra guns. Right. So there's a definitely a little bit of tension between them. Oh, the, definitely. Yeah. Um, the rest of the group shows up, and uh, as they're walking down... Lori and Rick are, and Carl are talking, and uh, Rick tells Carl that he'll never leave again. Yeah. He's never going to leave his family again. I think Rick lied a lot this episode. You think he will leave again? Uh, yeah, we don't <laughs> shoot the living. Yeah. And I'll never leave again, I, I swear. Yeah. Those are two, well, he may mean it at the time, <clears throat> but they won't be true. You're right. He definitely meant it when he said it, but stuff happens, right? Yeah. And he's going to have to do other things to keep everybody safe. Include leaving. <laughs> Include leaving. <laughs> Including leaving. And yeah. shooting living people. That's right. Um, but as he's talking to, to Lori, he's trying to convince her that leaving for the CDC is the right thing to do. And she kind of says, you know, think of think of what everyone else, how everyone else feels. They're all scared. And, and you want to leave on a hunch that CB, uh, CBC, <laughs> the <laughs> CDC is, you know, is safe. Uh, and she asks him to to tell her one thing he's sure of, and he says, "I love you. That's all I've got." And she's good with that. Yeah, you I know? love you too. She's good with that. Yeah. So, um, so they come down, and Rick goes in to tell Jim that that's what they're gonna do: go to the CDC, 
and get him some help. Mm -hmm. But of course, Jim is at this point hallucinating and just pretty much talking gibberish yeah. and not really understanding what Rick is saying to him. You gotta watch the boat. Yeah, watch the boat. The girls are, I think he even says Amy's in the boat or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, so he doesn't know what's going on. Um, now, as he uh, as he's leaving the uh, the RV where Jim is, Shane is there and confronts him about his plan to leave, but Laurie ends up backing Rick and saying, no, this is what we got to do. Yep. <clears throat> this is what we have to do. Then Shane and Rick leave to do a sweep of the forest, and they sort of continue arguing about it while they're out in the forest. Right. Looking for zombies. With shotguns. With shotguns. Now, what were they doing out there? Just looking for zombies? Yeah, they were just uh, <clears throat> they were doing a patrol. They were just doing walking patrol. around looking for, uh, for zombies. All right. So they continue arguing, and Rick ultimately says to Shane that if it was his family, he would understand why he wants to go to the CDC. Right. And Shane doesn't take that so well. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's <laughs> he kind of touchy, I think. He's a little touchy, and he basically tells Rick, you know, uh, I treated them like, when you before you got here, I treated them like they were my own. I did everything I could to keep them safe. After you told him I was dead. He didn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't know. Rick doesn't know that. Yeah, exactly. So they have a little bit of a standoff there, and Rick sort of says, you know, that's not what I meant. You're misunderstanding me. But then a noise in the forest distracts them. Okay, so I have to give Shane credit here because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're walking through the forest and you're having an argument and each of you have shotguns and things get heated and there's a zombie apocalypse, things can get out of hand real fast, right? So as soon as uh, Rick said to Shane, you know, if it was your – you would feel different if it was your family. Mm -hmm. uh, Shane, the first thing he did was he – uh, they were both walking through the forest with the shotguns in a ready position, right? They had them, you know, fingers on the triggers and, you know, butts to the shoulders, oh, yes. right? First thing he did was he took his shotgun out of the ready position. He grabbed it from the top so that uh, when he went to confront Rick, that shotgun was not a menace. Well, that's what you do when you're talking to someone three inches from their face, yes. right? <laughs> so the, I have to give him credit that the first thing he did when he wanted to confront him was he did not menace him with that shotgun. Okay. However, the second thing he did is as soon as they split up with a, a bit of distance between them, he raises the shotgun and points it directly at Rick. Yes, that's cold calculated bastardage. Bastardage? Wow. <laughs> bastardage. <laughs> Bastardism. Uh, and, you know, he seems to momentarily go crazy. He's fantasizing about shooting his friend in the back, in of, the the head. back of the head yep. and living happily ever after with his wife. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, <clears throat> no, this is not going to happen now, is it? Yeah, well, you know what? As the moment they were out walking around by themselves in the forest with guns, you can't help but think about what happens in the comic and how it all plays out. Yeah, it was the same as when Amy in the last episode got up to go pee. I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So you think you know exactly what's going to happen in this scene too with Shane and Rick, but it doesn't really play out the same way. No. Uh, Shane comes to his senses, lowers his gun, just as Dale walks up. And Dale can tell something weird was just going on. Yep, Dale knows. <laughs> he knows. Well, Dale knows what, what... He knows everything, right? He knows what's been going on. Yep. He knows that there's this uh, this problem between the three characters. Yep. and He's the Obi-Wan character. He really is. He really is. So he doesn't say anything, but Shane moves on and says, let's get uh, back to work kind of thing. Uh, what, was, what did he say? He said... Uh, oh, I forget the term that he used. Who? Never Sh mind. Shane? Uh, yeah. I don't know. They're walking around. They just get back to what they were doing. So we cut. They're coming back to the camp, and uh, Shane announces that he's decided that they'll go with Rick's plan. 
They'll go to the CDC and they leave first thing in the morning. I think that's funny that uh, Shane went and announced that uh, they're going to go with Rick's plan. I think Shane is under the false impression that he's still in charge. Sure, but he needs to feel that way, right? Yeah, but I think he might be the only one who thinks he's still in charge. <laughs> well, I guess he thinks he's still in charge, but it's clear that he's not. You know? Yeah, but I, I think he's a little delusional. Like, he announces the plan, we're going to go with Rick's plan. Like, everybody didn't know that they were going to go with Rick's plan anyway, because it's Rick's plan. Yeah, but he was more, he was telling people that, okay, I now agree, you know, I am now on board. That's yeah. what he was trying to say. Right. Right? So that's what he, he announces, that they're going with Rick's plan, they're leaving first thing in the morning. The weird thing is that he said, anybody who wants to go, we're leaving first thing. Right. He didn't say we're all leaving first thing. He's like, anybody who wants to come with us, we're leaving first thing in the morning. So he didn't make the assumption that they would all join. Yeah. That's not like Shane. Shane is a we're gonna do the we're gonna follow the rules, mm-hmm. my rules, and we're gonna do it. Stronger together than apart. So I'm a little surprised that he would give somebody or anybody an out at that point. It's an interesting point. It seems a little out of character for him. It, it yeah, it almost seems a little bit more uh, up Rick's alley. It does. You know, he might be the one that says we're going, if you want to leave. Right. I mean, we're going. You can join us if you want to. Sort of. So I just thought it was interesting point. Interesting point. The next morning, they're packing up to leave, and Morales and his family announce that they have decided not to go. Mm-hmm. That they have family somewhere else, and they're going to try and go and reconnect with them. Yep. Interesting. So Morales, his wife, and two kids move on on their own. We may never see them again. May not. They are thinning the group down to the core group of characters. They are. Aren't they? Yeah. You know, as a side note here, did you notice that in this episode, T-Dog had no lines? Yeah, a think? couple. Oh, he, he grabbed Jim when Jim got bit, but he had very few lines. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, yeah, he was a minor character in this. Uh, definitely minor character. Although that said, Glenn didn't have many lines in this episode. No. He was pretty background as well. Yeah. I guess when you have that big a group, though, that's what you have to focus on. Like in Lost, some episodes were about Jack, some were about Locke, and sometimes yeah. they're about other characters. Absolutely. So that's what they have to do. I just I did notice that some of the new characters didn't really have much to do in this episode. So they're all packing up. Morales, uh, they all they're driving out of the quarry. Morales turns and his family turn one way, and everybody turn the other way, and they. Roll out in their great big convoy. See you later, Morales family, whatever their last name is. Good to see you. Maybe that is their last name. Oh, Morales. Morales. There's Morales, Miranda, uh, Eliza, and Lewis. Okay, good. <laughs> You're on top of that, I see. Yeah, and actually the, uh, Eliza and Lewis are played by brothers and sister. I know. Maddie Lomax and Noah Lomax. Good for the Lomaxes. All right. So it doesn't take long before the camper overheats. <laughs> yeah. And they have to stop. It's a good line here, too. What is it? It was, uh, can't you jury rig it? I've been jury rigging it for a while now. It's more duct tape than hose. That's right. It's more and duct tape. I ran tape. out of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> so Camper doesn't, you know, isn't going anywhere for a while. Shane decides, he thinks he sees a gas station. He's So he's going to go off down the road to right. see what he can find. Meanwhile, Jim decides that he wants to be left there. Yeah, just leave me. Just leave me. He says, I'm done. Uh, I'm dead anyways. He says, my bones are like glass, and every bump and of this trip is, is killing me. Yeah. So the group debates about whether he's lucid or not and whether he knows what he's asking, and ultimately they decide that it is his decision. Mm-hmm. So they take him out. They prop him up against a tree. Another tree. Yeah, another tree. He's been leaning against a lot of trees lately. Yep. 
and then almost everybody says their goodbye before they uh, before they roll out again. I thought for sure that uh, that Daryl was going to put a bolt in his head because he was the last one to say goodbye, and he had his uh, his crossbow. He didn't say anything. He no, just, he didn't say anything. He just kind of looked at him and then walked away. I figured he'd just pull the trigger. Yeah, you know, I was thinking something's going to happen here because it's interesting that Daryl was the last character to linger around, mm-hmm. that the camera kind of focused on him a little bit. I thought he was going to say something, but also Rick offers Jim a gun and he declines it. Yeah, you're going to you know? need that, he says. He says, do you want this? And he says, no, I'll be fine. I don't think Jim thinks he's going to survive against that tree very long. Anyways, whether or not a zombie comes along. Well, yeah. You know, he's he's just going to die. And then get up 12 hours later and start walking around. Go find his family. <laughs> Go find his family, exactly. Um, briefly, in the comic, do you remember if when Jim... Uh, is left by a tree. In the comic book, it happens before they leave the camp, if I'm not mistaken. I don't do you remember if a zombie comes, if we see a zombie come and eat him, or do we just see him left by the tree? I think he's it? just left by the tree. And then we never see him again. I don't again. think there's a zombie involved. Okay. But I'm just kind of guessing. All righty. Well, in the show, he was left by the tree. Everyone says their goodbye. And then I guess the RV is magically repaired. Yeah, I guess whatever Shane and uh, T-Dog went to go get, they got and brought back and fixed. And fixed. I suppose so. Done and done. So we see the the, uh, the convoy rolling on down the road again, cut to commercial. When we come back, well, something altogether new is going and on. And now for something completely different. So we come back to Dr. Jenner, he says his name, doing a video blog of some kind. It is a transmission. It says uh, wildfire and then a bunch of numbers, and then underneath it says transmission. And I believe it said... Zone five ATL for Atlanta. Okay, so there I are zones. There are zones there. Whether that means anything or not, I yeah. don't know. Uh, it did say wildfire at the top. That's where the episode title comes from. Yep. But is it clear what wildfire refers to? Okay, so what he says here is 194 days since wildfire was declared, and 63 days since the disease abruptly went global. There is so much information in that sentence, I can't even stand it. 193 days. Yep. Since wildfire wildfire was declared. What, okay. Do, we don't know what that means, really. Though. Not really. Okay. And 63 days since the disease abruptly went global. Abruptly, so very quickly. Yeah. So there's lots here. First of all, it's a transmission and not a uh, a blog of or not, uh, just a, a log of some kind. He's not just you know, talking into a recording for posterity. He does think he's talking to somebody. He does. Or potentially. Potentially. Even that's, that's in, later on, uh, he actually says that. I don't know if anybody's still listening. Right. right. So it's a transmission. So if it's 194 days since wildfire was declared, wildfire is, I assume, the code name for the disease that spreads like wildfire, maybe? Yeah, that could be the day of the first case. First recorded case. First recorded case. It could have been... Uh, could have been the day that they, they discovered it, like before it was even in humans. Or the day that it first got out. Right, and they're able to contain it briefly. Briefly, like it, it got out, but it was sort of contained, and then, in 60, and then 63 days ago it abruptly went global. So they're able to contain it, sort of contain it until 63. It's that whole... Uh, uh, zombie outbreak scale we have over at Reiner, the uh, zombie event, zombie right. situation, zombie crisis, uh, zombie apocalypse. Or yes. Did I forget one? Zombie. Event? It doesn't matter. Anyway, so uh, anyway, 194 days since it first started. So that's about six months. Yeah. And 
63 days. days is about two months. Yes. So what I'm thinking is that somewhere between those two numbers is when uh, uh, Rick got shot and went into a coma. Right? Well, obviously, it has to be, yeah. yeah. He goes into the coma before the last 64 days. 63 days, yeah. 63. Right, because that's when it abruptly went global. So it was around that that time that everything all went to hell, mm-hmm. right? Before that, they may it may have been in the area, but nobody knew about it. Rick didn't know about it because they were on the outskirts of town. Uh, but I'm thinking that this also means that whatever is happening to the planet with this zombie apocalypse, it started right here, right there in that particular Atlanta CDC. You think so? Yeah. I mean, the CDC is where they would be tracking and investigating this kind of thing. Doesn't mean it started there. I don't know. Doesn't mean it started there. I mean, it means they knew about it, right? That's true. But it, it not necessarily is there. Now, it could... You know, we could be right in the epicenter of where everything began, and that's why things are so bad there. Right. Um, but when we talk about next week's episode, there is a little bit more revealed along those lines, too. Bit. So, yeah. uh, anyhow, interesting to see this going on. This is completely new. Yes. None of this happens in the comic book. Not so, at we all. have no idea where this is going. Um, he, bas- he also says in that me- message that he's living underground. He doesn't know whether it's night or day, and he doesn't think that's good for him, and that he's basically searching for a cure but not having any luck. Right. Uh, The next thing we see is he in a contamination suit, and he's doing some sort of experiment with flesh in a microwave, it looks like. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, some kind of uh, warmer, uh, what do you cure? Not cure, but heat. Heat things and have it grow yeah he 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 takes the incubator meat. yeah he takes the meat out he's cutting a chunk off puts it in a, a vial is combining it with something now immediately it says ts19 on it T- test subject 19 it, well i thought it was tissue sample 19 at first it could be tissue sample that's what i as soon as i saw that i'm like oh my god i gotta tweet that and i tweeted it <laughs> and it was twish- tissue sample 19 but i was incorrect it's actually test subject 19 is the name of the uh he says that later right uh, not in here. He says it in the uh, uh, the footage oh. from the next episode. Okay, okay. So it is it, test. It's test labeled TS dash nineteen. Right. And he got cuts it. it open, and it's a bunch of gooey stuff, or you know, fleshy kind of thing. And he puts a little bit in the test tube, and then he puts some other stuff in it, and it bubbles and boils and stuff. And I guess he's also tired because he makes uh, yawning noises and stuff, and he knocks the vial of stuff over into the uh, petri dish of. TS-19, and uh, it kind of goes bubbly, and he I guess he's pretty stupid at this point because he starts to wipe it off. Like, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, spread it around some Spread more. it around. I, oh, geez, that, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of dusty there. But then it starts eating through his gloves. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this stuff that it starts eating through gloves? It's corrosive. Well, whatever he's doing to it might have made it corrosive. Now, he's wearing a pretty heavy-duty biocontamination suit, too, so he knows yeah. it's very dangerous. Yeah. It also kind of indicates that it's airborne, right? Well, it was uh, when it was started eating away, like it started uh, uh, when the two things were combining, it was, you know, very corrosive and the stuff was, you know, bubbling gas and stuff. So at that point, it was becoming airborne. Uh, Yeah, but airborne in the fact that if he breathes that, he becomes infected by it. I don't know. TS-20. Becomes TS-20 at that point. Yeah, maybe. Which means that all of our... I mean, by now, all of our characters have breathed it. Everyone who, everyone who is still living anywhere has breathed this in, right? 
or do you Maybe. need do you need the reaction of whatever he was working on? I don't know what the hell he was working on, but the <laughs> reaction would make something corrosive like that. That's pretty kooky. It is pretty crazy. Like, I don't what do know. you do? You spray zombies with this stuff, and they go all googly boogly. If there are any uh, chemists out there, or or biochemists, or anything like that, and you've got theories on this. By all means, write into Talking yeah. Dead Podcast. If anybody at works at the Center for Disease Control and knows about zombieism, <laughs> that's right. The <laughs> and zombie counter effects, the zombie affliction. Yeah. Write in if you have theories, because we'd love to hear some. We're, we're trying to figure out how things are working, and we've got no idea. Please do not give us any military or government secrets. No, I, I just don't want to know. Call WikiLeaks, not us. Yeah, yeah. WikiLeaks is the place <laughs> to go for that. That's right. So, anyways, so as soon as the thing spills and it starts eating through his gloves. We hear a computer voice come on and say that there's been a contamination, and he freaks out, so he runs into the decontamination room, Yep. seals him in there. He starts getting sprayed with whatever it is he's sprayed Decon- with. De- decontamination fluid. There you go. And computer voice says, uh-oh, um, we have a full decontamination, and they have to neutralize it, so the whole place explodes. Yeah, big fire. Pretty much. Is I mean, is that how these things work in real life? I don't know, but I've seen it in other things uh, in the past. If you watch uh, Species. Well, fire kills anything. Yeah, Species 2, they had a, a clean room where if they couldn't get a handle on the contamination, they'd burn the room. Right. Basically, a f- you know, flaming jets of fuel spray all over everything and burn the virus. Right. Luckily, so he wasn't in the room at the time. No, but he was pretty upset because it means... TS-19 was destroyed, and there is no more of Test Subject 19. Next, we see our group of survivors pulling up and getting out of their cars at the CDC, and there are bodies, military and otherwise, everywhere. And flies. A lot of flies, A lot of flies. A lot of flies. They, They come for the dead. And so there's definitely a big military presence here. They certainly were trying to protect the CDC. Yep similarly to how it seemed they were trying to protect the hospital Rick was in. Right. But it didn't go so well, and now they're all dead. Yep. Some of them... Typical. Yeah, typical. A lot. Some of them looked like, you know, they're, they, were, they had their heads smashed in, so they weren't coming back to life. But there weren't really any uh, zombies around, just a lot of bodies. So our group is slowly making their way through all the bodies towards the front doors of the Center for Disease Control. And when they get up there, they realize, you know, the doors are locked and there's nothing they can do. They can't get in. Uh, we cut back to Jenner inside, and he sees them on the security camera. Yep. And he whispers something to himself like, please just go away. Just, just go away. Just go away. He doesn't want to let them in. He's not interested in bringing new living survivors in, which I thought was weird. Why? Well, I don't know. He he, he has no idea, as we know from a few minutes before, that anyone is alive, still alive out there. He could be the last man on Earth. Yep. Well, there's disease outside. <laughs> He's safe in here. He is, but he has no idea, and he thinks... And, and now suddenly other living people shows up, and he's like, no, 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 go away. But I guess you're right. Maybe he's worried about them bringing the disease inside. Maybe that's part of the protocol. You know, once uh, if disease gets out and this is this facility is clean, you don't let any of those buggers in here because then you're going to screw yourself. Yeah, you're contaminating everything. Then. Yeah, so he's like, please go away. But obviously he's in a, you know, he's very tired. He's very distraught. He's mm-hmm. uh, He's upset. He's not in his right mind completely. Yeah, he decides that tomorrow he's going to blow his brains out. But Maybe tonight, tomorrow I'll he, blow my brains out. Tonight he's going to get drunk. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not, really? Yeah. What else is he going to do? He's got wine. He, he he's does He's been in there for wine. a long time and he still has wine? Well, he's been in there for presumably 63 days. Maybe well, a little bit more. How much wine does the CDC stock, do you think? <laughs> the cafeteria is well stocked with 
booze. The center for, you know, wine control <laughs> is right next door <laughs> with right. a tunnel. Hey, man, <laughs> that's where they know they're going to be stuck for, for a long time, potentially. Yeah. They need access to food and wine. Yeah. Um, so the group outside starts to freak out. A zombie does show up, and Daryl bolts it in the head. It's starting to get dark, and everyone's like, we got to leave. We, we can't just be out stuck in the city here at night. We've got to get back to the cars and decide what to do. Yeah. So they're trying to go, but Rick doesn't want to leave. He really thinks someone is there, and he sees the camera move. Mm-hmm. And, and Shane's like, no, 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 it's just, it's, you know, it's just an automated system. There's nobody there. We got to get out of here. We got to get everyone safe. But Rick starts screaming at the camera to sort of let us in. We've if you got women and children. W- exactly. We're out of food. We're out of fuel. If you, if you don't open the door, you're killing us. Yep. There, we have no hope. And he just starts yelling even though Shane's trying to drag him away. And then what happens? The door opens. The door opens. There's a bright light. Just like a spaceship. Fade to white. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. So there you go. Our survivors have moved on to the Center for Disease Control. There is somebody there. And he lets them in. Mm-hmm. And next week's episode is going to be all about what happens inside there, I guess. So, remember last week when we talked about having a zombie-free episode? Yeah. This one came pretty close. Came pretty close, but we had a zombie. We had a walker there at the end. We, yeah, we had one at the end, but it was no threat. No, right? well, they, you know, Daryl bolted it. He, he bolted it, but this came pretty close. There was a lot of... Talking about what to do. He shot it. I don't know about this term, bolted. I don't think I like it. Because you don't arrow somebody in the head. You don't bullet them in the head. <laughs> okay, you're right. He shot him in the head with a bolt. He shot him with a crossbow. Yeah. I just think bolt is a nice, quick way to say it. Yeah. He, uh, he killed him good. He killed him good. So, what do you think of this episode in general? I thought it was great. You didn't mind the fact that there was uh, a little bit more discussion than actual action? No, because that's what would happen with a group of survivors. There'd be tension. There'd be, hey, what do we do? Oh, I have an idea, but it's not a perfect idea. So you debate about it, and you talk about it, and you whine about it, you cry about it, you start pointing shotguns at other people's heads about it. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of weird stuff that goes on. I think that uh, it's pretty realistic for uh, a survival situation. Yeah, I, I would agree. I liked it quite a bit. I mean, every episode I watch of this show I think is my favorite episode Yeah, because they've all been so good, and they're all a little bit different. You know, I, that's the way I see it anyways. Some are more action-y, some are more talky, some are character development and, and whatnot. So yeah. it was another really good one, and it leads us into something that, you know, we, we've got no idea what we're getting into now. We, we might get a little bit of an expl- explanation as to what the hell is going on. Much more so than we have ever been provided with in the comic. For sure. How do we feel about that? How do we feel about the fact that there are indeed people working on a cure and that we know it is some sort of uh, disease-type affliction. I'm not sure. I mean, this very well could be what the uh, the comic is leading up to. Right? Just taking its time. It's just <laughs> taking its its sweet time. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, it's a little faster-paced. So we might be getting... You know, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. I don't think it's going to give us all the answers. If they gave us all the answers, that'd be no fun at all. I think it's going to tease us with a, a little bit of a, hey this is probably what's going on but then something will happen where they go oh crap that's not what's happening at all yeah I don't think we're going to get all the answers obviously it's it, but it is interesting that we're getting anything like that you know the comic has always stayed about purely surviving and trying to get somewhere safe and somewhere yeah. that they you can stay for a while the show is about that too 
but it looks like we're getting a little bit more context on what is causing this and how what's happening in the rest of the world. Yep. And on that note, let's look ahead to the finale of The Walking Dead, Episode 6, next week. The uh, next week on The Walking Dead clips didn't show us too much. It did show a lot of quick action happening inside the Center for Disease Control. Mm -hmm. But the clip on the website, which they've been releasing every week where they show a complete scene, yeah. did give us a fair bit more information about Test Subject 19 and what Jenner has been doing in there. Mm -hmm. um, however, the most interesting thing I think we saw from the uh, the, the broadcast teaser that they showed right after the episode on TV. It showed Jenner injecting Andrea with something. Ooh. You kind of get the feeling that he's injecting her with something to keep her safe. Truth serum. But how could it be a cure when he's been working on a cure? There is no cure. We also see Andrea undergoing some something weird in a shower, so he might not be sort of all on the level. Nobody he, ever is. He might be, I suspect that he is thinking that these new living people are future test Ooh, subjects. more test subjects. Exactly. They just walked up to my front door and I yeah. can start injecting them with stuff. So yeah. I really hope that they don't, they certainly don't kill off Andrea. That TS would suck. Uh, TS-20 through TS-22. 32. <laughs> 32, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I hope, I hope Andrea is okay and he hasn't injected her with anything too wacky. Well. You know, because I like her and yeah, she, well, no, she's going to kick around for a while. She's an amazing character, so I don't want anything to happen to her. Um, but the full scene, he just he he explains that test subject nineteen was a living person who became infected and volunteered to be studied while the disease took hold and yep. ran its course. Yep, and he shows a bunch of information about how their brain is swelling and what's happening in there and just kind of how it works. Was there anything else interesting from that clip that you can recall? Yeah, they were all clean. <laughs> I guess All they, the survivors were clean and showered and had uh, clean clothes. Fresh clothes? Fresh clothes. Once again, the CDC is well-stocked with booze and clothing. For everyone. Of all shapes and sizes? All shapes and sizes. Everybody had a clean shirt and were uh, freshly shaven. <laughs> Well, if you get to somewhere like that, isn't the first thing you're going to do take a shower? Oh, I definitely take a shower. Change your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anything else? Anything interesting about what Jenner was talking about? Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> I mean, synapses, the guy died, comes back. I mean, there's no information that we don't know, except that it's, uh, you know, cloaked in uh, fancy talk and some groovy visuals. Fancy talk and groovy visuals. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out next week what it all means. Oh, I'm and what so it comes excited together. to find out. Let's briefly speculate on how episode six next week is going to wrap up. Okay. Here, here's the first question for you. Okay. Is Morgan going to show up? Yes. I say yes. Yeah. He's in He's in the cast list. I know that. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should have mentioned spoilers before this episode. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, is Here's another question for you. Is the group at the end of the episode going to still be at the... CDC, or are they have going to, or are they going to leave the Center for Disease Control and strike out for somewhere else? I think that there's going to be a cat. Can you hear the cat? I don't know if anyone can hear the cat. Well, there's a cat at the door. It's it's trying a, to yeah, get yeah. in. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that they'll probably be at either at the Center for Disease Control or it will be freshly overrun. 
that, that's my theory. The, the CDC is going to be freshly overrun with zombies. We are going to be left with a cliffhanger of them deciding or, you know, figuring out how to get the hell out of there. Or everybody piling into the helicopter. There's a helicopter? Yeah, you saw it. Rick saw it in the first episode. Oh, that's right. They never came back to the helicopter. There's too many of them to pile into that helicopter. It could be. We only saw the helicopter being reflected off a building. Yeah, but... Could be a huge helicopter. It could be a big one, I Could suppose. have three propellers. Yeah, but do you think Jenner's flying around in a helicopter? No, no, he's l- been living underground. Exactly. Unless he can fly a helicopter underground, which I doubt. Exactly. Also in the cast list for next week is somebody who plays Candace Jenner. His yep. W- his, presumably his wife. Clara Bronson plays Candace Jenner. We also have uh, an infected doctor, Nurse Ward, Private Gaines, and hospital patient nurse... No, hospital patient and nurse, two different characters. So it seems like there are other living people here at the CDC, or they show up. I'm getting, a, I'm suspecting a flashback. I think you're right. I think we're going to get a, I think we're going to get Jenner's flashback, and Candace Jenner is going to be his wife. It's nice to know that Jenner is his last name. I don't know what his first name is. Bruce, maybe Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to get <laughs> since these these characters are, you know. Infected doctor, ward nurse. You know what? Uh, nurse. I now, think it's a flashback. Now that I think about it, in the preview for next week's episode, we do see like military coming in and stuff like that. So I think you're absolutely right. We're going to have a flashback of how the CDC fell to the zombies. Groovy. And that's going to be awesome. It is. I really think so. I think, the, yeah, I think they're still going to be in there, and I think they're going to get overrun with zombies, and I think somebody major is going to die. Let's uh, Let's take a call each right now. Who is going to die in the final episode? All right. Go ahead. I'm going to say, um, let's see, briefly consult my cast list here. I think Jackie's going to die. Oh, yeah. She's dead for sure. I think. And I'm going to make a bold call and say that... Not Daryl. He's too. He's a he's a fan favorite. Not T Dog. Carol. I don't think Carol's gonna survive. Yeah. You know what? I'm going with Shane. I think Shane's gonna die. You think Shane's? Gonna I think Shane's gonna die. Wow. So Shane isn't going to make it out of the first season. No, I don't think so. But his demise will be very very different than that of the comic. Yeah. We will see. So you're calling Shane. I'm calling. Let's. I'll, I'll go with and Carol. Jackie. Jackie's she's dead for well, sure. Jackie for sure. I'm calling. I'm going with Carol which is going to leave Sophia in the care of Lori and Rick, I guess. That's our predictions yep. for next week, the big finale of The Walking Dead. We would love to hear what you have to say, so please write in to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. So, Jason, we've got one more episode. Yes, we do. Very excited about it. Mm-hmm. After that... Well, the show's going to be off the air for some time, so we'll have to figure out what we're going to do. I think we'll let people in on our, our short-term plans. What do you think? What are our short-term plans? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you in on our <laughs> short-term plans, too. Uh, they are that in mid-December, we are going to do a joint podcast with Jason and Karen over at the Talking Dead cast. Oh, awesome. The Walking Dead cast. We're the Talking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Don't. Yeah, we're going to do a joint podcast with each other. That's right. So we're going to look back at the whole season of yep. The Walking Dead, recap Groovy. it, talk about what we thought, maybe bring up a few specific discussion points, and we're going to do our top 10 favorite moments from 
the whole season. Wow. It's going to be great. We're going to split it up in half. We're going to do top we're going to do five on their show and five on our show so we're going to do each other's shows it's going to be really fun i'm sure there'll be lots to talk about lots to say and uh they seem pretty cool so it should be fun and we hope everybody listens after that we'll take a short break for christmas and the holidays and then come back sometime in january rejuvenated and ready to wait eight months until the walking dead (laughs) is back on tv and then we'll go through (laughs) each episode line by line (laughs) 10 months actually (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) So there you go. And we'll try uh, mixing up all the letters of everybody's names and see what we can come up with. (laughs) Why not? Maybe there's there's hidden messages in there. Yeah, I think there's hidden messages. And then we'll watch the episodes backwards. Okay. To Pink Floyd's The Wall. Very good. (laughs) There's probably something in there, too. Lots to do. Okay. so There's going to be no shortage of material. No shortage of material. Well, the best thing we can do is talk to our listeners. That's true. And so we'll have lots of free time to do that. People, please call in at toll-free at 1-866-483-ZOMB. That's uh, 866-483-ZOMB-9662. Email talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or visit us on Twitter at Talking Dead or Facebook, The Talking Dead. You know what you forgot. No, I didn't forget anything because right now, we're going to talk about a contest that we're going to run. You didn't forget anything. No, I did not. A contest? <clears throat> yes, a contest. Jason, tell the fine folks about our contest. Well, we, you and I had a prediction of uh, who's going to die and who's going to live at the end of next episode. So I think that uh, we should give the listeners a chance to uh, specify who's going to live and who's going to die. To weigh in, so just to speak. Just to weigh in, just to give their opinion on what they think uh, is going to happen to our fine uh, cast of characters. So, how's this going to work? Okay, so we have a group of 12 people currently. I'm not including Jenner. Those 12 people are Rick Grimes, Shane Walsh, Lori Grimes, Andrea, Dale, Glenn, Carl, T-Dog, Jackie, Daryl, Carol, and Sophia. That's correct. Those are the 12? That's right, because I don't think that uh, Merle is in the group. Nope. He's no longer in the group. The Morales' family, Morales' wife and his two kids are no longer in the group, uh, and everybody else is dead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Jim is uh, most likely dead yeah, or undead. Yeah, that's right. He's either sitting by that tree still or walking around. Anyway, you slice it, he's not in the group. Nope. Those so are we, the 12 in the group. So we have a dozen people in the group, and uh, we want to know what who you think is going to live through the next episode and who do you think is going to die or become undead. So send in... How should, they, how should they contact us? Email? Email is best, I think. It's a good good way to provide a list. Okay, so send in your list of who will be alive and who will be dead after episode six, the finale of season one of The Walking Dead. Write to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And please include the subject line, living or dead. Sure. <laughs> how do you like that for making that up Perfect. on the spot? Living or dead. What we will do is we will take all the all the entries. We will narrow it down to who was most accurate. Yeah, the most right. The most right. Put all those in a hat and then choose a winner. Choose two winners. Two winners. Choose two what winners. The heck? And what do you win, might you ask? Ooh, what do you win? You can win your choice of 
Walking Dead posters. We have some posters to give away. Yay. Yay. We've got a couple. We have the Drew Struzan poster that was from San Diego Comic-Con last year. And we also have the Atlanta Skyline and Rick on a Horse uh, and Empty Street poster. Very iconic. Very iconic. Really, really beautiful artwork to give away. We'll pick two winners, and you can have your choice of which poster you want. Groovy. Sound good? Yeah. We will do this, so the contest will close when? At the, uh, well, it has to close at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, obviously the beginning of the episode. Yeah, so what, the... four hours after the end of the episode, it, <laughs> then you can send it in and have your prediction. All right, so, so it... the, the contest closes. All emails have to be received before, let's say, 9 p.m. next Sunday night. Okay. That's an hour before the episode broadcasts, sure. all right? 9 p.m. Sunday, December 5th? Yep. Is it the 5th? Sure, why not? Please double-check that. I'll check that with my iPhone. All righty. 9 p.m. Eastern time that night, I will be checking the emails, and those will be the valid entries. Fifth is correct. Very good. And I think that does it. That's it. Please please enter the contest, and as I said, uh, send in any other feedback you might have. I've, I've given you all the contact details enough times this episode, so I won't <laughs> do it again. Uh, we're looking forward to to next week in some ways. We're looking forward to talking about the episode and recapping it and hearing what everyone has to say. Our uh, our double podcast with Jason and Karen on The Walking Dead cast is going to be fun. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.